Dear friends in Christ, today is Consecration Sunday, and we like to do something and refer to the old as well as refer something to the new. And the old is the banner that's here. As you celebrate with us and with Christians throughout the world, the 500th anniversary of the Lutheran Reformation, where Luther took 95 statements and posted them on the door of the castle church in Wittenberg. And he said, let's discuss these. And from that came, as your banner declares, three phrases, sola fide, faith alone, sola gratia, grace alone, sola scriptura, scripture alone. And that's where Luther said, I have to take a stand. And he took a stand to defend that before princes and before theologians. Here I stand, I cannot do otherwise. That's the old part. The new part is that we're going to ask you to es uh, fulfill, to fill out an estimate of giving card in a few moments and take a stand. You take a stand for whom or for what? We take a stand today on grace. Grace is the only motivator for all that we are as God's people. I heard it yesterday at, or Friday when I had a wedding at Bluemont Vineyard. And I was talking to a lady who had just lost her husband in death a few months ago. And as we talked about that, she said this, my husband went to heaven because he was such a good person. Now, I didn't know quite how to answer that there in a wedding situation. But you and I know that no one's going to get to heaven by just being good. God comes to us and says, I want you to model your life after me and to be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Yes, we can say we're better than the shooter in Las Vegas. We're better than the one who killed three people in Maryland last week. We're better than ISIS who knocked off our special ops people in Niger last uh, couple of weeks ago. We're better than a lot of people, but that doesn't make us holy people. Today we take a stand with Luther and with St. Paul as we look at Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10, when Paul says, It's by grace that you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. By grace. The theme for today's sermon is searching for excellence. The national baseball team, our local baseball team, is looking for excellence to get through the first round of the playoffs. They fired their manager and said, you gotta do better than just win the pennant. The Redskins, they've been looking for excellence for a long time. And who knows what they're gonna be doing tomorrow night. Excellence in Congress. They've been looking for some excellent way to solve many of the crises that are in our country today. But we need to be filled with God's grace. If I'm going to pretend that this is a throne, and this is the throne of your life, the question is, who's going to sit on that throne? Are you going to let God sit on that throne? Or are you going to share it with God? Or are you going to say, God, move over a little bit. I want to sit on this side, and you can have this side. No, it's by grace. God says, in Jesus Christ, I want to be number one in your life. 
So who sits on the throne of your life? And are you letting him do that? If God is going to be there, God must bring his grace and his mercy to our life. We spend a lot of time taking care of our body, don't we? Dieting, doctoring, all sorts of things that take care of our life. We build nice homes and we fill it with nice furniture and nice clothing we wear. But where do we spend time thinking about how do I excel in my spiritual life? How do I do better in my prayer life? How do I do better in looking in the Bible and finding there the words of grace that I need from day to day? How are we going to care for others? And am I excelling in that area because God in his love cares for me? Gail Meister was the young lady who was the first handicapped person ever hired by Motorola. She had a horse accident and became a paraplegic at a young age. And shortly after that, her husband walked out on her, leaving her with three small children. She determined she was not going to be a bedridden person. And so she prayed to God, as she has in her memoirs, I prayed to God that I'd be the best paraplegic he had ever seen in, his, in, in the world. She didn't want to stay in bed, so she went from the bed to the wheelchair. She went from the wheelchair to look for a job. She found a job with Motorola, and she went up from a lowly computer job to upper-middle management in her career then. And as she writes about her life later on, she said, the motivating factor for me was Colossians 3.17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. She wanted excellence, and she worked hard to make it happen, and God blessed it. She was saved, she said, she knew by the grace of God in Jesus Christ, and that was the motivating factor for all of her life. You at St. John's have an excellent record. You excel in so many things. You started with a small mission here, and you grew it, and you sponsored Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Springfield, where I was a pastor for 40 years. Paul Meyer, one of your, your first pastor, and his wife Kathy kind of adopted me, so I would get fed at least a couple of good meals a week because I came as a, a bachelor here and, and did not have a wife. You have an excellent early education program, an excellent music program. You've chosen a great pastoral staff as a team. They are a great uh, dynamic team, giving to you the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have dedicated laity who wanted to be a part of building God's kingdom here. And some of your laity in their first days came over to Prince of Peace and after they worshiped here on Sunday morning, they'd come over to help us with our Sunday school and teach there because we didn't have enough members to teach all the grades. Gordon Stanger was a founding person here at St. John's. I knew him well. But when he died this year, he didn't get to heaven because of all the good things he did to build this church and to bring Christ to this community. He went to heaven because he firmly believed in the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And so grace is there for us, leading us. He's leading you to use your land and your staff, your people, 
in spreading the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, saved, to, saved by grace, freed to serve, called to commitment, all with excellence. We all like excellence. If you're a cook, you like to have somebody say, oh, that was an excellent meal. If you're at work, you'd like your boss to say, oh, you did an excellent job. How is God looking at us? This came into prominence about 30 years ago when two men, two men by the name of Robert Waterman and Tom Peters published two books. One was In Search of Excellence, the other was A Passion for Excellence. And does that describe our faith life? There's nothing wrong with being all that you can be and to strive for excellence. In fact, the Bible would say, if you're gonna to strive to be excellent in any way, that's a positive and meaningful way, you need to be the Christ woman, the Christ man, the Christ child, who understands the grace of God. As Paul says in our text, you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in your love for us. Excel also in the grace of giving. Money was being collected for the poor people in Jerusalem. And Paul says to the church at Corinth, we're gonna ask you for some money, but I'm gonna give you an example to follow. The churches in Macedonia, they were very poor, but they begged us to be a part of this offering collection. They knew the grace of giving. And so he says they gave not only according to their ability, but beyond their ability. And he says, they gave themselves first to the Lord. Have you given yourself first to the Lord? So as you come up with your estimate of giving card later on and put it in that basket, or as this is passed down the aisle for your offering, picture yourself putting yourself in the collection plate. You're giving yourself first to the Lord, and then whatever piece of paper or money you put in one of these, that follows putting yourself in this, giving yourself to the Lord. That's our first offering, responding to the grace of God in Jesus Christ. So he comes to us anew in word and sacrament. He comes to us and he says, I want you to know my grace. Paul said it this way, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Wow, what a statement that needs to be heart and front and center in all that we do. It's by grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm pretty tough in, with myself, and I'm sure most of you are tough with yourself. And when you look at the, at the day's end, at what you've accomplished and what you've left undone, I get kind of embarrassed, and I focus on what I didn't get done rather than rejoicing at what I did get done. But I have one of these on my desk, and anybody know what these are? They're Beanie Babies, right? And you know what name this one is, and this one is the same name? It's the name of our young girl that stood up before. Her name is Grace. So I have these around to remind me that I live by God's grace in Jesus Christ. And these two will go to your two pastors to remind them 
that their job is to lead you to know that grace more and more and better and better and to live by it. God comes to me and says, Ralph, in your weakness and in your infancy, somebody brought you to the baptismal font and I poured water on your head and I gave you my word and I claimed you for my own. And he said, know that grace that was furthered by you coming to the altar to receive communion for the first time and to commune time and time again, bringing the grace of God into all of your life. He still claims me with all my sin and all my faults and all my weaknesses. Because of that, the nail-ridden hands of our Lord Jesus Christ offers to us the forgiveness of sins. It is his love that covers the multitude of sin. In a few moments, we'll talk about a piece of paper and a pencil that you will write down and I'll ask you to fill out as your estimate of giving for this next year. It's a rich God coming to you and saying, I became poor for you that you might become rich in me. I'd ask you prayerfully to consider taking a step forward from the giving pattern that you've had in the past and increasing perhaps by 1% or more, working towards a tithe of giving for this next year. If God has done nothing for you, then you don't have to respond. But if God has done everything for you in his grace and mercy, then we have to respond and to do it with excellence. The Holy Spirit touches our hearts that we count giving as a privilege. We respond to God's grace and give to the Lord and the needs of others. God comes to us and says, who controls you? Do you control money or does money control you? Who owns you? God warns us about greed and talking about and buying stuff that's really just fluff in life that we can't take with us when we die. God is looking for excellence this morning at St. John's Lutheran Church. Will he find it? It's where word and sacrament is proclaimed and given. It's where forgiveness of sins comes to you Sunday after Sunday, day in and day out. That's what will make your commitment worthwhile as you give to God from what he has given to you. I have been a tither all of my life. We had three kids, all went to college, graduated with no student loans. My wife was a stay-at-home mom most of the time. I say this not to brag, but to say it can be done in Northern Virginia to live here and to tithe, to give 10% of my gross income before taxes, before any other deductions, to the Lord in response to his mercy for us. He wants us to care and to share. And the American way is to spend first, save second, and share third. But I think the biblical way in our text would say today, you share first and you save second and you spend third. And the old adage of 10% to the Lord 10% to save and 80% for yourself still probably is a pretty good way to look at what God gives you. Today, God is asking you to give, you, give him your best. It takes excellence on our part. Just as Paul said, 
Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in our love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Excel, St. John's Excel. That's not just a com for your computer, it's for your life, reflecting on the grace of God in Jesus Christ. With Luther, with Paul, with the saints of old, here we stand. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, may it keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.